Awesome. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's crypto internet show. Super excited to have you. For those who have not been here, this is a show that we host every single week on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific here on Twitter as well. And we're talking about everything that's happening in the world of blockchain, crypto, and stacks ecosystem related as well. A lot to talk about today as we have the introduction and the kickoff of the Zest protocol, which we're going to talk all about the zestiness uh, of that here in just a moment. But if this is your first time joining, again, good day, wherever you may be in the world. I'm your host, Kyle Ellicott. I am a partner and also the managing director of the Stacks Accelerator and Venture Fund uh, here, a part of the Stacks ecosystem. And the way today will work is that we're going to go ahead and kick off with short introductions from all of our speakers, ask a few questions, have a great conversation, talk all about the Zest protocol and a little bit more. And then We'll come to each and every one of you or as many as we can around questions. So I will not be able to get to all questions as they come up. So please do hold your questions till the end, at which time we'll bring up a few people on stage to ask their questions live to our awesome speakers. So if you do request during the conversation, just let you know, we're not going to be able to get to you till the end. So do your best to save your questions to the end. We'll be watching Twitter as well if you throw those out on Twitter. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and kick it off. We're going to be talking today again about the Zest protocol and getting a little zesty. And before we introduce the team from Zest protocol, let's kick it off with our regular guest today. Patrick, you're my first up, Laser Eyes. A little intro and background for those who may not know you. Hey, what's up? Um, I am the founder of Freehold and uh, one of the core contributors to CityCoin's project. Wonderful. Thank you, Brittany. Hey, this is Brittany. I'm the executive director at the Stacks Foundation. Uh, we're a nonprofit foundation funding grants and builders in the Stacks ecosystem. Awesome. For those that don't know my name, uh, it's uh, pretty easy to figure out who he is, but he is part of the reason why while we are all here today as a community and are very appreciative of him. Now the CEO and founder of Trust Machines, uh, trustmachines.co, which we talked about last the week previous as well. Next up, Steve, welcome to the show for the first time of A41, a little background and intro. Hi, uh, thank you everyone um, for having me. Uh, this is Steve from A41 Ventures. A41 Ventures is a thesis and research driven venture capital firm in Korea. So uh, thanks for having me and it's my personal honor to be on the stage with Taiko, Munib, Brittany, Patrick, and Kyle. Oh, thank you very much, Steve. It's our honor. But last but not least, the one and only Zesty himself, Taiko, welcome to the stage. A little intro and back background everybody yeah thanks so much kyle for uh for for the introduction here and um yeah i'm uh i'm taiko and i'm i guess co-founder and uh, core contributor to zest protocol awesome well since you guess let's assume that you are that founder and ceo today talk to us a little bit about the zest protocol you have this outstanding thread on twitter this morning that seemed to explode with excitement and engagement people are looking very much forward to learning more about what the Zest protocol is and what all these oranges are that are filling up our Twitter feed. So tell us a little bit more about it, Tycho. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I think it would be nice to kind of do a little bit of the, the background of sort of how we how we got to this because like, you know, uncollateralized, you know, Bitcoin lending maybe sounds quite, 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 quite complicated. But um, like in the end, we set out to sort of build um, a Bitcoin yield product, right? Like a place or a DeFi product where, you know, it would be very easy for you to 
uh, yeah, earn a yield on, on your Bitcoin, right? Without giving it to a centralized entity, but through, through smart contracts. And then we sort of try to think, okay, how can we, how can we do this, right? And we first obviously thought of over-collateralized lending, right? So like on the other side, there needs to be, or the, the borrower needs to put up more collateral than the value of the loan. And yeah, the way this would be possible through Stacks is that um, Clarity, right? The programming language of Stacks has read access to Bitcoin State. So you could sort of create a, a vault, right? Sort of a digital, a digital vault where you would lock up uh, collateral, and then you would wait for a Bitcoin transaction to be to be sent to you. We read that, and once that that's been that's been been, been read, we lock the collateral, and then you know at some point the the Bitcoin needs to move back, right, to pay off the loan, and then you know you can sort of get your get your collateral back. Now, what we found out with the over collateralized uh, lending was that actually that's not really where the market is at, right? And um, that actually there's not that much uh, lending being done, you know, in, in, in the in the sort of centralized market with over collateralized uh, Bitcoin Bitcoin lending. So we thought, okay, how can we how can we solve for that? How can we build a product that that gives people yield on their Bitcoin while going going under collateralized? Right? And um, yeah, that's how we uh, sort of the origin story of. Uh, of, of, of Zest and um, yeah, so in the end, it's 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 orange Bitcoin liquidity, right, for for borrowers, and uh, and Zest yields for for the lenders. I love it. Uh, thank you, Tycho, and, and also to help us kind of reset the stage, talk to us a little bit about how Bitcoin lending works today. And you and I were talking a little bit pre-show about this process and where things are today, where things are going. We got a little technical and walked through the mechanics. So since we got a general audience here, maybe take us a little bit through the technicals of where Bitcoin lending works today and some of the mechanics of how it does, in fact, work overall. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And maybe before that, maybe just to cycle a little bit back, like why why would Bitcoin lending even be, be be important, right? I think sort of one of the things that's kind of been established now, right, is that people say, well, Bitcoin is digital gold, right? That's sort of something that people on Wall Street say a lot, um, and that's like that's like a nice sort of narrative for this phase of phase of adoption. But to to really push the sort of you know crypto future much much closer, it would be great if Bitcoin is actually a yielding asset, right? So it's an asset that produces interest, right? Or uh, or yeah, I guess as they say, a, a yield of, of of some kind. And you know, one way that 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 could be done is through through borrowing and and lending. Now, you've probably seen a few of these of these Bitcoin yield products out there, right? One of them is uh, is like for example BlockFi or Celsius, right? So they're like centralized companies where you can sort of deposit your your Bitcoin, and then they they lend it out, right? They, they sort of find find people to borrow that, and uh, and then they you know they do stuff with it, like arbitrage trading or something, and then they return the Bitcoin, and then you can make make a little bit of money. So that's one. And another one you can do is you can you can wrap your Bitcoin, say onto Ethereum, and then use it in DeFi protocols to to make a yield that way. But you know then often there are more trust assumptions that you have there, right? So with wrapping, you sort of give the Bitcoin to a company that issues a, a wrapped Bitcoin token, or uh, or it, it uses sort of a separate network. So there's like more more trust assumptions uh, there. So these are the options that are there today, and this is not really taken off, right? Maybe one percent of all Bitcoin is is wrapped, and um, uh, you know, BlockFi and Celsius are very big, you know, these these lenders. But you know, there's there's sort of much more Bitcoin just sort of sitting sitting idle. And um, yeah, that's where we basically want to add another another option to just do it through through smart contracts. And um, yeah, I mean, we, we have a sort of strong strong belief that this will be the way that uh, that, that that we can make both most bitcoins useful and uh, and yielding. 
And, and Taiko, you, you mentioned the word trust. And in this industry, we look at trust potentially tied to a number of different areas, including that of oracles. And wanted to kind of understand your perspective of where does trust play a role in this? Are oracles involved in any way, shape, or form? Is that even a part of the story? Or how does trust look yeah. in your eyes? No, for sure. And this is also like, uh, you know, where to put uh, put uh, some, some disclaimers to some extent, right? I mean, DeFi is, is risky, right? I mean, in the end, um, you know, we, I think we all believe that it will be the main the main way through uh, through which yields are sort of generated. And it will be it will be less risky than sort of the other solutions out there. But yeah, you know, there's sort of code handling, handling this, uh, the, these, these, these tokens, I think, how to think about trust in, in, in the model, right? So I think maybe to, to introduce a little bit, you know, because I think for those of you who are familiar with, say, Aave and, and, and these kind of other lending protocols, right, what, what usually happens is that you sort of put your tokens in sort of a, a centralized pool or not a centralized pool, but like a, you know, a pool made up of smart contracts, right? So you pool your tokens and then on the other side, the the borrowers can sort of withdraw from that pool and then, and then basically borrow. Now, what we have on Zest is, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll use a model that's been, been pioneered by, by Maple Finance on, on Ethereum, uh, which has multiple pools, right? So there's multiple pools in which you can deposit your, your Bitcoin in our case. Uh, and these pools are managed by pool delegates. Um, and because it's, it's uh, under collateralized lending, right? These, these borrowers need to be vetted in some way. And that's the, the task of the pool delegate. Right? So there's sort of someone, to some extent, sitting in the middle there who is going to vet borrowers and basically going to find borrowers and then say, okay, well, these are good people to lend to. And then they will sort of be able to withdraw that that liquidity and um yeah and, and and use it so to some extent there is a trust element there with with these pool delegates um but probably the best way to view it is saying that this is kind of creating um a free market for for credit assessment right um because anyone who has some kind of competitive advantage right in assessing someone else's credit could, could become a pool delegate, right? And they sort of just apply to, to, to Zest governance, right? And the Zest token holders can vote. Like, do we think this is a good delegate to open up uh, a pool um, and, uh, and, and, and start onboarding uh, people who can borrow or institutions who can borrow uh, unsecured? Um, so, you know, there's other also, like in, in the beginning, it will probably mostly be hedge funds and so on. But, you know, in the future, there's also a possible world where, you know, say, and Amazon, right? Amazon or, or Block, right? Formerly Square, could become a pool delegate and and lend to their to their merchants, right? Because they've got a lot of data on their on their merchants um, that, that other people don't have, right? So um, I think these are yeah, these are just some of the ways to, to think about it. And yeah, just get back to the Oracle part just really quickly as a caveat. Like there, there will of course be, be be Oracles, right? To know the price of certain things and to know sort of when 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 uh, yeah when certain stuff should should happen but it's important to note as well that zest is a sort of fixed income product right so there are periodic interest payments so so borrowers they they basically pay lenders periodically uh, and um sort of based on whether these payments are sort of continuing or not we can can assess whether someone needs to get liquidated right so it's not necessarily based on a price input for an oracle as you usually see in other DeFi protocols with, with that being said, Brittany and, and Patrick, I, I want to come to both of you on this next question. You know, Tycho mentioned a lot that uh, the Zest protocol is going to be bringing to the Stacks ecosystem, including you know, borrow and lending, 
uh, along with maybe some institutional participants in these multi multiple pools uh, and pool delegates. What is the impact that this can have on the Stacks ecosystem? And for those that may be tuning in uh, this week and haven't in the past, we've talked a lot about how the Stacks ecosystem, including City Coins and others, are really maturing and the applications being built and what's to come as well. And so, uh, Patrick, let's start with you and then Brittany. So what do you see as the impact that this has on the Stacks ecosystem, bringing this type of technology and this protocol to? Um, well, I think lending as a category is something that breathes life into markets. Um, and I think most people who uh, don't want to give up uh, their Bitcoin um, uh, would much rather sort of leverage it to accomplish, you know, goals that are outside of simply hodling Bitcoin. And so, you know, if you're able to do this on stacks um, through the Zest protocol, uh, I think that opens up like a whole new, uh, a whole new um, kind of avenue for, you know, uh, for people to participate. Essentially, like so, you have you can have builders that leverage Zest. You can have uh, consumers that leverage Zest. Um, I think it's like kind of like a breakthrough too. You know, when it comes to when it comes to collateral collateralized uh, lending with Bitcoin. Um, so uh, it's pretty awesome to me. There you go, Brittany, same question to you and also maybe a little bit more on liquidity. And this, this seems to bring potentially an added amount of liquidity uh, to the ecosystem, which you and I and Manib have spoken about on the past few uh, shows here and also in some re recent webinars. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there's... <laughs> a lot of Bitcoin holders that are looking for more utility uh, for the Bitcoin value that they hold. Um, so sort of putting those assets to work just like they would any other asset <laughs> that they own in their portfolio. Um, so I think that's great news for builders. For anyone who's trying to you know, experiment with new products or services um, built on top of Bitcoin, uh, Zesty really opens up that market for those um, new innovative products to, to access it, uh, you know, kind of like hasn't been there because like, I think we don't even really know all of the different things that will exist because of these new tools. Um, you can look at parallel uh, other crypto industries where borrowing and lending, um, there's just so much innovation going on, making it really easy for people to access, uh, you know, higher yields or um, short term loans or just different things that are usually very hard for people globally to access in a traditional banking system. So for me, I think it just really unlocks um, what's possible for builders on top. And so I see, you know, the success of Zesty is like fantastic, but also then what it enables like other people who want to connect in and, and utilize that. Because um, we've definitely heard from uh, people in our community that they would like love more liquidity, um, they'd love more utility, and they'd love to unlock their Bitcoin value. Absolutely. Let's let's talk a little bit about that uh, utility aspect. And Steve, I want to come to you, to you on this. Uh, Tycho mentioned uh, pools and multi-pool pool delegates. With all the knowledge that you have as as an analyst at A41, but also on the investor side of A41, what does this look like for you as an investor and maybe for other institutionals as well? And what kind of development uh, does this provide to uh, a broader ecosystem. 
Yeah, um, let me add more color to what Tycho, Brittany, and Patrick said as an investor's perspective. So when Tycho like, came out to me as, and, and told me about what Jazz Protocol uh, does and what Jazz Protocol is doing, I was hyped for like a, three main reasons. Like, there are like, tremendous uh, thousands of reasons, but like let me summarize uh, it to like three things. So first, like East actually strengthened the Bitcoin as an electric cash. So as all of you know, like Satoshi Nakamoto like described a Bitcoin as like electric cash in his white paper. However, like what is cash? Like cash, like first of all, cash must be um, spendable. So this means that we have to be able to spend it. And, and Bitcoin is spendable. But you know, the second thing is cash must be savable. This means that um, we should be able to make a yield out of Bitcoin in order for make Bitcoin as a cash. But there hasn't been a way uh, to save Bitcoin and make yield out of it. Uh, I mean, I mean, on chain, like there are several uh, like central centralized exchanges that offer deposit services, but you know they are exchanges, right? So we we need a money market on chain, and that protocol is going to do it. So to me, like Zest is like a protocol that completes the vision of Bitcoin and, and deposit directly from your Bitcoin wallet. Like this is huge in terms of user experiences too, because you know since like institution, uh, if institution want to like deposit their Bitcoin in centralized exchanges, they have to go through like all the KYC and all that, you know, that's going to be um, very difficult. But, you know, uh, whereas um, in Zest protocol, they, they can just directly deposit their Bitcoin uh, through uh, from their Bitcoin wallet. And second, uh, money market is going to be increase the value of money because in interest is the price of money. And so when there is an interest, it means that you have an opportunity cost of spending it. So what, what does it mean? Like It means that you can, uh, if, if you spend the money, you have to give up the yield that is coming out from the interest. So money market basically decreases the demand for spending Bitcoin, but increases the demand for locking Bitcoin because interest is going to incentivize Bitcoin holders to lock their assets into the protocol. So like up to date, like for example, MicroStrategy is holding 122,478 Bitcoin. This is huge. Like, can you imagine what TVL is going to be if MicroStrategy locks up all their Bitcoin? Like just will bring many other institutions like MicroStrategy and Tesla to, uh, to, this, um, to this market uh, via just protocol. And lastly, just is going to provide a way to hedge uh, position on Bitcoin. Like just is not just about um, lending services. It's, it's all about, it's also about like borrowing services too. This means that institution can take a short position on Bitcoin without using derivative exchanges. So institution that currently hold Bitcoin are not non-profit organization, you know, they have to maximize their profit in somewhere, somewhere or the other. So although they're all bullish on Bitcoin, we have to acknowledge that fact that Bitcoin is volatile asset. So if let's say like MicroStrategy can borrow Bitcoin, they can hedge uh, some of their spot position on Bitcoin. In this way, they can minimize the risk of Bitcoin falling it. So also like stack network leaders who are going to run for the stack leader election, uh, they can borrow Bitcoin to be elected and then pay back when they get um, the reward in stacks. In this way, like leaders can actually take a long position on stacks and short position on the Bitcoin. But besides what I just told you, like there are going to be like various ways to use that protocol and various use uh, various ways to actually use the Bitcoin as a, as a um, digital asset. So good, good thing for Bitcoin and good thing for um, community. Absolutely. I don't have the 100% uh, emoji, so I'll give a round of applause. But Manib, uh, do you have anything to add on to that? Yeah, no, I think I, I basically I wanted 
completely agree with what, what Steve said. And I think at a, at a high level, the thing that I'm really interested in is uh, I was having a discussion with someone today who said that uh, this is one of those things that are going to look obvious in hindsight. Like how can you create like sound money or an asset that today worth like a trillion, you know, maybe, maybe in some years it's worth like 10 trillion or something and then not build other primitives on top. Like that's, that's just like, obvious thing like it's these things are going to look obvious in hindsight that obviously people were, were going to create other types of financial primitives on top of the best form of money that that's ever been created right so i think that's that's the angle that i look at uh, uh zestad that it's actually creating like these very interesting financial primitives on top and that, and, and, and these things can scale, right? Like if you look at a BlockFi, if BlockFi becomes, you know, I have nothing against them. I love the founders. I think they're doing a great job and providing a service uh, to, to, to Bitcoin. And, but if you look at like, you know, what if BlockFi really explodes, let's say, you know, $10 billion or $50 billion or $100 billion worth of Bitcoin uh, enters their, their systems. Well, the, the risk of failure is kind of like going up, right? Like because of the central actor over there. And I think designing decentralized protocols uh, that can create these lending markets that can actually, they scale much, much better. Uh, uh, and I think that that's a, that's a thing to keep in mind that, that the amount of scale you can get with decentralized protocols far exceeds anything you can you can do in a, in a decentralized way. And Agreed there, Maneeb. And I want to get to the central decentralized debate here in just a moment. But before I do, there is something that you brought up that this, you know, we may look at this very soon as an obvious, you know, why didn't we already have this before? And um, one of the big terms that we're seeing a lot uh, floated around right now is DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations. We also talked a lot about institutions, but we also talk a lot about cities and governments. So Tycho, I'm going to throw this to you to start. Can DAOs and potentially even cities, since we talk a lot about city coins, could they use Zest and Zest protocol to, to borrow in some way? Um, I mean, yeah, for sure. And, and, but also sort of in, I guess, the spirit of decentralization, like the, the protocol or, or, or I would not sort of be the one to, to decide that, right? But that would actually be up to the pool delegates, right? So the managers of, of, of sort of all of the, the individual individual pools. And uh, yeah, since we sort of brought on Steve as like, say, you know, a potential pool delegate, right? A41 Ventures. Maybe it's interesting for, for Steve to, for you to just jump in here. Yeah, sure. Um, so, like, I think, I mean, I'm an investor, right? So, as of we see, like, we have invested uh, into several DAOs. And, and I think um, letting DAO to borrow Bitcoin from the delegate is uh, same thing as uh, deploying our money, like LP's money, GP's money to the um, DAOs, because, you know, it's all about uh, trust issues, right? Whether DAOs are Trust trustworthy or not, and we we decided as a VC, right, and then and then deploy our, our capital into DAOs, right, and you know that's the same thing to delegates. Um, delegates in test protocol, uh, they should look up the treasury, like on chain, like the uh, the DAO activity. There are several um, indicators that. Uh, which DAOs are trustworthy and which DAO are not. So based on that indicator, like delegates are being responsible of borrowing those assets uh, to the DAOs. So I think it is more like an, uh, make an investment. So if BC can make an investment to the DAO, I think delegates can um, borrow uh, Bitcoin to the DAO as well. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then also to add on to that, like if uh, right, if, if one of these DAOs would, would default, right, then also the pool delegate is sort of the first one to uh, yeah to sort of get slashed, right, where they put some sort of buffer up to um, yeah to sort of cover up for for any sort of first losses uh, in 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 the pool. So sort of incentives are very much aligned there. Like it. And Patrick, a similar question around maybe cities, as we talk a lot about city coins and the protocol itself, but also cities and crypto cities being something of the near future. How did that? Yeah, how it's kind of tough. Potentially t- yeah, it's kind of tough because a lot of cities can't hold crypto on their balance sheets or, or make investments or trade. Um, they can, however, uh, create bonds. And we've seen in like El Salvador, um, sort of like this uh, Bitcoin bond that was created. Uh, there might be something interesting here um to that to that end um i think they structured their bitcoin bonds such that um 50 of the money raised went to buying bitcoin um i'm forgetting the other details of it but basically you could you could probably configure something like this and maybe sell as a product using zest just a guess yeah yeah i can quickly jump jump in there like what what's a bit different about the Bitcoin bond in, from El Salvador is that it, it's, it's actually not a Bitcoin denominated loan, right? So they've borrowed, I think, about uh, one one billion dollars, right? And then five hundred million of that they're buying Bitcoin with and holding it, and the other sort of five hundred million they're uh, are, uh, are are using to build Bitcoin Bitcoin City, right? So it's actually a, a cash denominated uh, like you know fiat denominated bond, um, but you know one that's sort of very very high yielding, right? They're sort of paying six percent or something on it, or even more um but yeah i think to, to sort of touch a little bit on that sort of bond thing right because this is actually like it, this is bitcoin capital markets right that's sort of what what zest is it's sort of a one one line and um i mean far into the future like it, or maybe even not that far right depends on how how hard we all work here in this in this twitter space but uh, at some point like you know we all want if we make loans we would want them to be denominated in bitcoin right um because you know if we would want the person we're lending to to at least be able to outperform like hodling, right? Which is just very, very easy to do. Um, so I think that's sort of like the, you know, the bullish case for 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 Bitcoin bonds, right? Kind of uh, going forward, and like in a future version of Zest, like we could actually do this on chain, right? So if you're if you're going to lend Bitcoin, right, uh, under collateralized on, on on Zest, we could issue a receipt to you, right, to your Bitcoin address, which is also a tax address, um, and we could issue a tokenized receipt of that loan, right? And now you basically have a Bitcoin bond, and the holder of this tokenized sort of receipts with the holder of this Bitcoin bond is also entitled to periodic uh, Bitcoin payments, right? Um, and that could be like really interesting collateral, right, to use across DeFi because in traditional finance, right, the kind of collateral types that are most used are treasury bills, right? So like, you know, US government bonds or, or, or corporate bonds um, and, and not just cash, right? And I think, yeah, if it's sort of, you know, Michael Saylor or other people are sort of talking about like, hey, we're going to do, uh, you know, Bitcoin is pristine collateral, then, you know, I would say, well, Bitcoin bonds would even be more pristine collateral, right? Because we're not even, we're not also using, using cash as collateral sort of in, in, in traditional finance. So that's more of a sort of, you know, broader vision for just how to think about, yeah, what we're building. So speaking of um, broader vision, Tycho is by... Uh, We've got maybe one or two more questions for you and being sensitive of time. Talk to us about what version two of Zest looks like. Uh, you know, a little bit of centralization versus decentralization, as uh, Manib had mentioned, and, and kind of this journey for V1 and, and what's coming in V2. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I think, I, I mean, I kind of already already sort of said that in some way, right? So it's like, it would be 
tokenized Bitcoin bonds, right? That would sort of be where where this where this where this train is 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 is, is headed. Um, and but sort of you know, in the in maybe uh, putting some lights on the intermediate term, right? Like how do you how do we actually get there? Um, yeah, I think you know, the first step is, you know, we've sort of been talking to a lot of borrowers of Bitcoin, right? So they are now mainly like market makers or market neutral funds or people doing arbitrage trade, right? They would want to borrow a little bit of Bitcoin and then uh, and then do 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 an arbitrage trade with it and then return the Bitcoin at the end so they don't have the price risk of the Bitcoin moving, right? So these would be the initial types of customers to go after. And that's why it would make sense to work with like some hedge funds or something as, as pool delegates or funds like you know, A41 Ventures or something. Um, yeah, and then, you know, from there we can... We can can go to other types of types of types of users, right? Like there's an emerging use case for Bitcoin miners, for example, right? They would they would want to borrow some Bitcoin so that they can sell it for cash and pay for their pay for their liabilities, right? That they have in in in, in fiat, uh, energy and, and and taxes and so on. And uh, yeah, because they know they could, they're going to make this Bitcoin back in certain amounts, right? They just don't know how much it's going to be worth, so they could already lock in, you know, the price in some way. Um, and yeah, this will be more relevant for a lot of other businesses too, right? As they start to accept crypto payments. Like um, I was talking with a friend who works at at at, um, at Goldman Sachs the other day about this, and um, yeah, he was saying that look, like a lot of if, as as businesses start accepting more more Bitcoin, they will want to have some sort of way to to sort of uh, yeah manage this sort of mismatch between having dollars and having bitcoin right and uh, they want sort of clean accounting so they probably want to want to do some sort of some sort of swap there right or um or, or borrow borrow some bitcoin to sort of uh, yeah even out even out the differences so um yeah that's sort of where we really kind of go from there psycho are we launched what, what's the details? No, 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 no. I mean, right. we just announced. <laughs> we just announced. Like, <laughs> uh, we just wanted to share this like as quickly as possible with many of you because there will be probably many ideas that you also have, and you know, sort of have more conversations. But, uh, but no, I think like about about a month ago, we sort of realized this was this was possible, and um, yeah, and then it was like, okay, the fastest way to get it to the community, right? And the end of end of Q one is when we should be able to do a test net. So we're very much inviting you all to come come and break stuff. Uh, then, so we'll, we'll, we'll definitely let you know, and um, and yeah, then sort of after some audits, we, we would expect to be ready for launch at the end of, of Q2. And, awesome. and I would just add that I think build, building out in the public has a lot of benefits as well, right? So the more eyes there are, the more ideas people can share. So definitely building this protocol out in the public and as an open source way would, would be very helpful. Thank you for joining. We will be back here next week at 5 p.m. Eastern for next week's crypto internet show. Until next week, everyone have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend and stay zesty, as Tycho said. Take care, everybody.